Hey everyone, it's Anne. So, it's clip show time, but I have to confess that I don't have a new episode for you today. The month goes by so fast, especially when I'm also producing a Final Friday show that's pretty involved like last month's tripod show was. So, I'm doing what my therapist would applaud as the emotionally healthy thing, and instead of killing myself to get a brand new episode ready, I'm going to share a show from the archives. It amazes me to think that we recorded this clip show almost three years ago. I was still pretty new at LRB. I'd been brought on to guest host on a temporary basis, and I was so afraid that they would dread pirate Roberts me off the show, you know, good night, Anne, good work today, we'll most likely kick you out tomorrow, uh, that I volunteered to do all the production work for the clip shows, which was a brand new idea they just started to kick around. And I had no intention that I would be on the clip shows, much less take over the whole ding dang thing. But here we are, and I'm having a great time. But back to this show. The episode I chose to replay is, as I mentioned, from almost three years ago when Mike and I got together to talk about TBTL and its history with baseball. It seems like an appropriate time to revisit the topic. The season is young and everybody's at peak optimism and excitement for their team. So grab your peanuts and your Cracker Jack and I hope you enjoy this show. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise, remove your caps and honor our nation as celebrity Ann Lundholm from the Little Red Bandwagon podcast sings the national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof to the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled Welcome aboard the Little Wren Bandwagon, a twice-weekly podcast about the ins and the outs, the highs and the lows of the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm your starting pitcher, Anne Lundholm, and tonight batting cleanup and playing center field and possibly left field and right field, it's Mike Rizel. Hi, Mike. Hi, Anne. It's exciting to do a show with you. I really enjoyed <laughs> the one you did with uh, Christy. This is going to be great. I think we're going to have a good time. I was trying for this whole lineup analogy, but I'm having a hard time with it because it's just the two of us who are seven people short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, my my dad played softball once, fast pitch softball against a guy named Eddie Fainer, and he was called the King in his court. And he had a team, 
but he was such a good pitcher that he he would call everyone in but like one fielder and still win the game. So I feel like your game is so strong. You could be the Eddie Fainer of TBTL. All right. Well, it's good to have goals, I guess. So on Mondays, we feel the show where we recap the previous week of TBTL. And I think last Mondays was a pretty good one. I enjoyed doing it. And I hope everyone enjoys listening to it. But today is Friday, so we're going to take a walk down memory lane to sometimes in the distant and not so distant past and talk about the great TBTL pastime of baseball or baseball, if I'm trying to be James Earl Jones and feel the dreams. I don't know that I should be trying to do an impression of James Earl Jones at any time. So, baseball. Uh, thank you. Mark the time. It's <laughs> much better. Uh, so there is a lot of baseball in the history of the show. And when I was combing the archives, I figured out we could do an entire show on baseball poop stories if we wanted to. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But seriously, there's enough material. But we'll try to keep the fecal talk to a minimum tonight Mm -hmm. and uh, show you some sweet, sweet TBTL baseball memories. And before we start, do we have anything that we must discuss? Um, let's see. Well, you know, there has been a lot of poop talk lately on TBTL. I mean, and, and not, not entertaining poop talks. No. (laughs) I promise the poop talk will be kept to a minimum here and we will, uh, it will, it will be entertaining if and when we talk about it. (laughs) That's a big promise. Yeah. All right. Should we get straight into it then? Yeah, absolutely. Our first clip tonight comes from May 21st, 2009. It's brought to us by our archivist, Caleb. Thank you very much, Caleb. In fact, I think it was part of a rerun show that he did from much later on that pointed to this show early on in the show's history. And this is the very first TBTL night at the Mariners. So let's listen to it and then we'll see what we think. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a Thursday night edition of Too Beautiful to Live. This is Jen Andrews, your longtime producer. I am coming to you live from 347 section of Safeco Field at the Mariners game. And yes, yes, America, it just happened. Luke Burbank just threw out the first pitch. And I have to tell you, it was absolutely gorgeous. He did a phenomenal job. Yes, everyone wants to know what is he wearing. I'm going to tell you right now. He's wearing skinny jeans and a red gingham check shirt. I think we all know how much he loves the red gingham check shirt, and that is what he's wearing. If you are just joining us, this is Too Beautiful to Live, and we are pretty excited tonight because we have pretty much a 1,000 listeners taking over a lot of the 300 level. Luke Burbank just threw out the first pitch. He is our... uh, he is our beloved leader, our host. He's down on the field right now. He's shaking hands. He's glad-handing. He's being a big-time star. But I am up here. I am joined by Sean DeTori. He is Japan's number one mixer. He is hurrying to get into a cab so he can get down here. So I'm kind of flying solo. We are very grateful to have Chris Martin filling in today. And we are pretty excited. This thing is pretty awesome. It's an absolutely gorgeous day. Um, I've been here since four, so I've been having a pretty good time. We've got uh, 
the whole place is filled with people either wearing their brand new white t-shirts or they're wearing their raw t-shirts from the uh, roller skating game. Luke? Jennifer Andrews. Oh my gosh. Luke, that was gorgeous. It was, uh, it was a little high, but I still feel confident that I'm going to get the call in the eighth inning. <laughs> you know what? From up here, it actually looked perfect. Like well, that, we all were like, oh my gosh, it was perfect. That's how I, um, that's how I kind of orchestrated it. So that, uh, <laughs> so that it was, I, I was playing to the, uh, 340s up there where you guys all are. So when you walked out there, how did how were you feeling? I mean, were you sweating? I was. You know what it reminded me of is when when I was uh, you know playing little league baseball. I used to before I would go up to bat, always feel like I had to pee my pants. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the you know little bathroom there, and I would come back, and then I would still feel like it. Like I was so nervous, my knees felt like jelly. And then I wanted to do this kind of joke where I, like, checked the runner at first. Yeah. And when I did that and I looked at the catcher, he had a scowl on his face. He was not happy about it. Yeah. But other than that. Well, what about your little uh, bow that you did afterwards um, when you knelt down? That was just, that was, you know what that was, Jennifer? That was, that was pure human celebration. <laughs> This is done. You've done this and you've succeeded. Yes. So now you just have to lose, what is it, 10 more pounds for That's the Anthony it. Bourdain thing? That's it. That's <laughs> it. But, uh, you know, just, just one hurdle at a time. And I have to tell you, I have never been so relieved in my ever-loving life <laughs> than to have that over. It was absolutely gorgeous. I have already let people know about your amazing fashion sense tonight. I mean, rocking the red gingham. Well, I felt You're like brave. It was, I felt like that was the only... The only fitting thing to wear, considering all the all the discussion about it that we did on the uh, on the air, you know, with that listener saying that I always wear the same shirt. Right. It seemed like I would. I'll see you up there. We had uh, Addie and a bunch of people down here on the field with me. Oh, good. They're going to run up, but I'm going to stay down here in the camera well for a few minutes so that I don't lose you guys on this wireless. Does this sound okay up it there, It sounds Jen? totally great. Hey, I understand that. Uh, was Grizza down there to video for our yes. blog? Yes. Sweet. It, yeah, so that should be going up early tomorrow morning. Um, I... It's a long way, Jen, let me tell you. From uh, It's a long way if you want to rock and roll. But it's also a long way to that mound when, I mean, there's, you know, it's not like it's uh, there's 50,000 people here, but there was enough. And when they started playing the uh, Catch My Disease music, I seriously kind of almost fainted. Well, and everybody up here just went crazy. You guys are loud. I bet Could you, you hear us? Of, oh, my gosh. The cameraman looked shocked and terrified <laughs> because it was just a giant roar that went up from, uh, like, one section of the field. Oh, yeah. Everybody here was on their feet cheering for that you. That was amazing. In fact, um, uh, the uh, – I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, they're telling me I have to sit down because I'm in the camera well. Wow. And, uh, I could at any point run on the field. What do you think? I think No. Oh, I feel like the Mariners have done a lot for us. They, they've been, they've been, uh, they've been so kind. But uh, this but, is but, kind of interesting because the game is actually starting, yes, and I can and see I'm you. Standing You're standing right, right there. Plate, <laughs> and there's a bunch of people around me that keep keep pointing at me and telling me to sit down, and other ones telling me to stand up. And I'm what whispering like it's a golf tournament. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This is weird. It comes to the first pitch. I'm not allowed to say anything else like that again because that would be play-by-play -play broadcasting, and that would be a major. Right. Violation of we major promised, league baseball. We rules. promised that we would do nothing this more than what John Mayer would do. This is the best soccer match I've ever been at <laughs> in my life. I just hope that they throw enough nets to score the winning <laughs> field goal. So, so Jen, what's the what's the scene up there? I, I was 
I was, um, you know, up there a little while ago, but then I came down on the field. What's the what's the deal up in the uh, the seating areas? Um, it's actually been pretty exciting. I have to say that these small T-shirts, yeah, are all gone. They oh, went, wow. w- yeah, w- yeah. It was a small group that showed up because the smalls went really, really quickly. But the people are still streaming in. They've got their beers. They got their hot dogs. They're putting on their T-shirts. I mean, a lot of people put on their T-shirts. I'm pretty amazed. And uh, we've got people from all over the place, people that came from Paulsbo and Burlington and all over the state. It's pretty amazing. But I think we'll talk to Chris a little bit later. He came the furthest. He came from New York. And then there was a heartbreaking story, right, from this couple that was coming out from Virginia. Yeah, it is a heartbreaking story. Unfortunately, this is Dan and Carrie in Virginia. Well, now, now let's just say it's not heartbreaking like they passed away. It's, no. They're, they're, they're delayed at O'Hare, which is, you know, sad, but not right. maybe heartbreaking. It's really more of term. a frustrating story. Right, right. But they were coming out from Virginia, and they invited 15 family members to all go to the game together, and they got stuck at their connection flight in O'Hare because their flight out to Seattle was overbooked. Obviously, and people coming out here to see me throw the first pitch. I think so. I mean, I've been, I've been hearing about this. The skies have just been cluttered. Uh, you can't get a train. You can't get a cab in this town. I mean, it's just it's yeah. crazy, um, you know. So I, I understand why it happened. They should have planned a little better. But but also, don't they have a bunch of family here that's local? Yeah. They have all this family coming who have never heard of TBTL and don't know what it is. But Dan and Carrie were like, called them and said, you have to go and get our T-shirts. So uh, I assume they're here somewhere. They haven't come to meet me because I don't think they know who I am. I also don't think anyone knows that we're really broadcasting because when I kept saying we're going to do the show from the stands, I just I meant we're going to have a table set up and we're going to be in the stands. But no, we have like wireless Headset microphones. Just think Madonna on her control yeah. tour. No, I keep doing, I keep voguing. Yes. And I have to exactly. just stop. I, I, I don't know if I should have wore that shirt with those B-52 cones on the front <laughs> of it, but I just wanted to be as authentic as I could. Um, and so, so yeah, we have just these little headsets on, and we're just sitting. I mean, when I get up to where you are, Jen, we're just going to be sitting in the bleachers, kind of watching the game and talking about, you know, what's going on with the 10s. And right. it's very, very low-key, though. I mean, it's... it's uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. It really makes right. me feel like we should do every show from the baseball game. It definitely adds a lot of energy, and I just keep hearing all these amazing stories. You'll love this. I just met this couple, and I'm like, oh, you guys are a great couple. And then she said, well, I was listening to your story about the woman who only dates people who play ping pong. People love that interview. Yeah, and she said, and it had never occurred to me to go on Craigslist. So she went on Craigslist, and she met this guy, and now they're dating and having a great time, and they're here at the game, and they love the show, and... I would say that uh, aside from Delilah, who we don't really talk about a lot, for, no, for obvious reasons, we don't like to talk about the competition. <laughs> I would say there are there is probably not another radio show in Seattle that makes more love connections than TBTL does. Would you? I totally agree. It's amazing. I mean, shout out to Jordan and Sarah Jane's. Shout yeah. out to Drew and Emily. It's um, pretty sweet. Okay, I have a beef with this clip <laughs> right off the bat. Already. <laughs> um, my, my beef is with is with Cairo. They were still on Cairo. And the first pitch, uh, usually happens a little bit before seven o'clock or right around seven o'clock. And that's in the Cairo clock. That's when the news and the weather and the traffic and all the spots are running. Uh, the host of the nighttime show is throwing out the first pitch at the Mariners game. We can't throw out the clock for one <laughs> goddamn hour and get it live. I mean, what did that did that occur to you at all, Ann? I mean, you can't ask the Mariners to move it around to fit the Cairo clock, but you can certainly, you know, report later on the dumpster fire or whatever it is, you know, the the, the Boeing Union uh, talks. They're going to get 
that's coming in another half hour or you got it the half hour before. Let's break our clock, Cairo. You know, you're about to fire Luke in a few months. Let's <laughs> let him have his moment in the sun out on the mound. I don't know that I ever considered it. I, I'm not a broadcast professional like you are. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Broadcast professional. Well, I'm a ballpark professional because I worked for many years at Safeco Field. So I know there, there's a very tight clock to everything, you know, and, um, and it's something the Mariners that, you know, they, they're good at it. And if they had to adjust their clock for something, they could do it. And so could Cairo. But I don't know. I don't know that Luke or Jen or anyone asked them to, to try to get it live on the air. But it, as a listener, I really would have liked to hear a play by play of him actually throwing out that pitch. Yeah, that would have been good. But I, I don't think that Cairo, I mean, we had it demonstrated many times. I don't think Cairo gave a crap about TVTL pretty much from the start. Well, Clearly then, they weren't listening. You just slip a 20 to Josh Kearns or whoever <laughs> it is and say, hey, why don't you take this playoff? <laughs> you know, nobody's listening. Come on. Um, Luke did kind of a, a cutesy thing. I don't know. I was going to ask anyone. you about that. Do you do you know the difference between the wind up and the stretch? Yeah. Okay. And maybe he not to des- of, describe it, but I know it. Yeah. Yeah, he went into the stretch. And for those who don't know, a wind up is is the um, the pitching motion you use when no nobody is on base. It's sort of your your classic, you know, step back, wind your arms over your head, and and go throw hard. You know, come down hard to the plate. Um, the stretch is when there's runners on base, you, your feet, your, your mound foot and your, uh, front foot are exactly parallel and you are holding the runners on. You have to be able to pivot and throw the ball to keep the runners from getting too big of a lead so they can steal. So you look over your shoulder or you look to third and first, you know, to wherever the runners are and make sure they're not dancing too far out or so you can you know, pick them off. Um, most people just throw the ball to home plate. Some people don't even wind up, but most people wind up like, you know, like you do when you're, you want to throw the ball hard. Sure. And, and I don't know that I've ever seen a wise ass like Luke, uh, <laughs> going to the stretch and check the runners, but he said the catcher was clearly irritated because I don't think the, the, it's like usually like the bullpen catcher because the regular catchers, you know, He's warming up or he's, you know, going through stuff with the coaches or something. He's um, too big for this. Right. He's too big for that. I mean, he's, he has to concentrate on the game. So you got your bullpen coach, uh, catcher out there and, and, you know, it's just, a it's an honorary duty. And, uh, I'm sure he wants to get off the field as soon as possible. But Luke at least threw the ball to the guy because at least, at least half the people that throw out the first pitch sky it over their head or throw it right into the ground or to the right of to the left. So there are there if you go on YouTube there are tons of humiliating first pitches for very famous yeah. people. Yeah, he should be <laughs> proud of himself. He got it in the glove. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been you know, I would have been pretty proud of him because I would have been nervous too. I'm nervous as mm-hmm. heck going out there. So did you think that the checking the runners move is that cute or is are you with the catcher that that's sort of annoying? Um, well, it, it depends on your perspective. I think, I think it's cute because I, you know, I'm not doing a task that's not <laughs> right. That, that is demeaning to me. I'm just watching. So I, I thought it was kind of cute. And I think I, we did see it. I think there was a video of it somewhere. Did you, did you ever dig it up? No. Huh? Huh? I'm sure somebody got, 
got pictures of it. But I don't know. He's wearing his gingham shirt. So put in <laughs> gingham shirt and first pitch. Why didn't he wear a Mariners shirt? Uh, it's interesting. A lot of people do. I think they offer it. I think they offer you to, you know, put on a, a jersey over whatever you're wearing. Yeah. Um, but if you've been practicing, and I think Luke practiced, I think you, I don't know. It's because it's usually a big shirt because they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want you to have to squeeze into some shirt. But I mean, when you're going to throw a ball and you've been practicing or whatever, I guess you kind of want to do it the way you practice it. Maybe practice in his gingham shirt. That's all he wore for about <laughs> five years. So imagine. Yes. Those of us who listen to the early days know the special relationship Luke had with his multiple red gingham shirts. I just think that he, oh, he had multiples. I thought he was yeah, just wearing I, the same one. Over I him. think he had a couple of them. <laughs> because you know how he is if he finds something that he likes he goes back and buys a bunch of them so it was like his charlie brown outfit it's just <laughs> his everyday wear i just think awesome. that he he should have either worn a mariner shirt or a tbtl shirt or hat i would go for a hat oh yeah i like my tbtl hat that's one of it's in my rotation mm-hmm. so, um, so were you at this game I was not. I This was before you started going to events? No, no. I I went to like the 100th show party. Um this I think I was out of town oh. for this one. I think I was I, I think I was uh, at some convention or opening up a store in Portland or something like that. I wasn't available to go and it, it that was heartbreaking because I wanted to meet all those people and mm-hmm. and I I mean, it was a pretty small gathering compared to the one that we're going to talk about later. Oh man, I, I, there, there. I remember having some FOMO, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I could not make that one. Hmm. Yeah, but they, you got they, a shout they, out. Yeah, we got a shout out. Me and Emily. I and know. I left couple. that in in the very end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize the, the names of the other couple. Did you? No, Dan and Carrie from Virginia. I, I don't know who they could be. Well, but I felt bad for I them stuck at O'Hare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. I hope they got their t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't get a t-shirt from that one, I don't think. I, I have most of the other ones, but... Um, second clip we have, uh, Luke and Andrew go to the game. Uh, I think this is a really great idea, particularly for a show like TBTL. When it's summertime and... You're just not feeling, you know, putting together a big run sheet and doing another <laughs> hour and 15 Leviathan of a show. Just say, hey, let's go to the ball game. And then, you know, chat on the way down. And then uh, we'll find out what happens when they uh, turn the mics on when they are in the stadium. So we can play that clip now. Well, here we are, the part of the game Andrew's been dreading. The part of the game where I get the recorder out. Oh, 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 oh. shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, who are you? Were you, like, right when we sat down, were you hoping I was going to forget that we have to finish doing this? I think I actually forgot that we have to finish doing this. I thought maybe we would just finish up uh, uh, back back at the uh, studio. No, people people are going to be dying to know yeah, years yeah. from now what happened in this yeah, right. completely meaningless oh, right. uh, baseball game. play by play. This is your t- chance to do that. Okay, uh, so I will start. Who's batting, by the way? <laughs> it's Russell Martin, the former Dodger. Iwakuma looks in for the sign. Swung on, belted deep to left field. Casper Wells able to track it to the wall. 
One down now for the Yankees. Uh, bringing to the plate the one-time Mariner, the sentimental fan favorite, Ichiro Suzuki. Suzuki batting a torrid 260 with the Yankees so far. Actually, you know, it looks like they carry his stats over. Easy out! Roll over to second, Ichiro! Look alive, Ackley! He's the only... Ichiro... Fun fact, Ichiro, one of the few players to wear a mock turtleneck in his promotional picture. <laughs> First uh, pitch just a bit outside for a ball. 1-0. Iwakuma with the delivery. Low and inside, ball two. Two balls, no strikes, 86 miles an hour. Some of the fans here still frustrated with Ichiro. I'm practicing my play-by-play skills. Oh, you want to call? You want to call? Uh... Oh, here comes someone. Oh, are you kidding me? I don't think that's professional. I don't think the announcers ever supposed to just. First of all, hold on, hold on. Circus lemonade. Circus lemonade. The announcer doesn't usually have to stand up because someone is bringing in their snacks, and then also the announcer is not supposed to just yell "whoa." Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Spostas. <laughs> All right. Have we, have we, uh, let's see, Mariners are winning 2-1, to one, still it's fifth inning. Uh, we're checking in from the ballpark. There's a kid, there's a kid who has the cutest sign I've ever seen in my life in our row, which says, Ichiro, you're still a good Mariner. And, uh, and that's, this is, this is, this is our, uh, this is our report from Safeco Field. Before before I stop doing this, you want to say anything else? Uh, no, I, I feel like you have a lot of potential <laughs> co-hosts right here in this area that would probably be a lot better than me at this. By the way, so don't be that doesn't just with the mic. that's that's not isolated to just Safeco Field. It's any place I am <laughs> where there's more than three people. That was mean. I don't want to go out on that. That just hurts. All right, go Mariners. I really enjoyed this because it demonstrates their personality so well. Because Andrew is just super embarrassed right away. He doesn't want right. to call any attention to them. And Luke just right. gets out the microphone. Is this when they have like the big uh, shotgun microphone or do you suppose they just had like little hand recorders? Uh, I would guess from Andrew's reaction, they were using a shotgun mic. <laughs> yeah. Because he, you know, he was pretty darn embarrassed. And um, yeah, Luke. Luke was hammering it up. He was doing really well. The, the, unfortunately, that heckler was sort of. <laughs> you know. That guy had a problem with Ichiro. Yeah, I don't get that. Um, yeah, I, I was it. Was it a? Uh, it had to be like like a fan of the other team or something. No, I think it was after Ichiro left. Oh, it was okay. Right? Ichiro was already gone. Okay. To the Yankees. And he was playing they, I think for the they were Yankees. playing the Yankees, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes more sense now. But why why would you I mean the guy was fantastic and he was nothing but a gentleman and just what I don't understand why guys get booed when they come back unless they said something like, you know, I'm going to stay with the team and then they left. I mean, dude left. Well, the, there are certain guys who have to get booed. The Twins had uh, AJ Prasinski for a long time. This is quite oh, a few years ago. Who was their yeah. catcher? And he was jerk. He was a jerk. He was a weasel, but he was our weasel. 
So mm-hmm. he was very pugnacious and would get into confrontations and just generally, uh, he was a pot stirrer and the mm-hmm. twins fans loved him for it. But when he left, then he wasn't our pot stirrer anymore. He was just a jerk who played for the other team. And those people must be booed just on point of principle. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think. I think you've, you've pointed out a guy, AJ Pierzynski, that should just be booed in every stadium, even his home stadium. Yeah. And he thrives on it. Yeah. You're giving him what he wants. <laughs> I was once heckling a guy. Um, me and my friend John Hedegaard were out in the left field bleachers in the kingdom. You know, there's like 20 people out there because the Mariners were terrible and nobody ever went to the game. So you could hear every word anyone <laughs> said. So John is the guy who, who um, got called out by a beer man and we, got, we met in the uh, in the stadium, in the back of the stadium and almost fought the beer man. <laughs> but in this case, it was me heckling and the guy's name was Pete Incavilia. And I don't know, I was saying a bunch of really stupid stuff and this guy's huge. Like he was a power hitter and he was just a really burly guy and I was a skinny kid and I said something – Went over his line, whatever it was. And it was, it was like during a pitching change or something. And he turned, fully turned around and looked at me. And I felt that's kind of an accomplishment. I felt, I, yes, later I would brag (laughs) that I got in his head. But at the time I was like, um, I hope he can't climb this wall (laughs) because that guy could kill me. He could crush me with one hand. So I shut up the rest of the game. It was sort of humiliating. Actually. Yeah. You, you think better of it later. Two yeah. seconds later. Right. Luke's <laughs> play-by-play wasn't bad. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's listened to a lot of baseball to be able to do it that smoothly. He, was, he, he seemed like a natural. It reminded me of um, the days my friend Mike Porad and I would watch games on TV and turn the sound down and we'd record ourselves <laughs> um, doing the play-by-play. And we were... We were doing a Detroit Tigers, Seattle Mariners game, and I I remember it, and Mike and I talk about it all the time. I was the color guy, and Mike was the play-by-play guy, and Mike, Mike, uh, I think it was like Phil Bradley for the Mariners. He hit one into the alley, and Mike got excited, and Phil Bradley um, slid into second, and Mike was so excited, he said, and Phil Bradley slides into second with a stand-up double. I was like, um, Mike, if you slide, that's <laughs> not a stand-up. So I called him out on, quote-unquote, on the air, and we laughed about it ever since. He wrote something on my timeline uh, on my birthday using that line. But, um, yeah, announcing games is fun. If you listen to the announcers enough, you know kind of all their little parlance, and it's a lot of fun. And I would like to hear Luke – do an entire game. I don't know how much Andrew could contribute as a color person because the color person usually right. played or coached or or <laughs> watched baseball some at least a little. So he might be the 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 color guy who never speaks like in major league. Oh I think right. There's a, the color guy who never talks. I was talking I think with my aunt once just uh, about baseball. And I said something to the effect of, why don't they have any women anywhere? I mean, they're right. There are zero women calling the games. And obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. the color guy does generally have a background, which a woman 
isn't going to have a background. But my my aunt thought that that was just great. And for years afterwards, she would tell people, Anne's going to be the first female announcer for the twins. And I was like, no, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> she... Right. She, she was way more ambitious than, than you. She was just trying to plug you in. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think there, there are going to be, uh, women play by play announcers. I, I think there already are in football. I know there are in basketball. I know there, there are, and it's bound to ha- happen in baseball. I think there's one for oh, really? the Yankees actually, but anyway, um, yeah, the, the, the problem, the problem with being the color person. <laughs> a color woman is a lot of that is the spinning yarns about your times playing oh. baseball and, and women haven't played professional baseball so they don't have those mm-hmm. stories you know women play softball fast pitch softball on a super high level and it's a similar game but it's it's not it's not no. analogous really i mean it's not but so i think i think we'll see a lot of women play by play announcers cuz they're I, the women that are doing the other sports are really good, and I don't see why they couldn't do baseball. Bring it. So, yeah, but actually, if you wanted like a third mm-hmm. person in the booth, a statistician <laughs> would be pretty great. For Bring baseball, the nerd especially. in, especially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are the chances that something's going to happen here? Well, let me tell you. So this clip does end in a typical GBTL fashion when I think it's the obnoxious guy that we heard earlier starts to kind of get up into their business and Luke asks him if he'd like to call an inning. And then Andrew remarks that Luke has a lot of better potential co-hosts right around them. And Luke says that's true for just about anywhere they go. And then, and then feels bad Aww. for making fun of Andrew, but it, it was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great line, but, but when you step <laughs> over the line with Andrew, you just feel like you're, you're yeah. kicking a dog and it doesn't feel good. I mean, because I do it myself. I know this feeling. <laughs> Experience. Let's move on to the next clip. Uh, this is from when Luke was co-hosting with uh, Ross and Burbank, and they had some sort of Ross and Burbank afternoon, maybe, at the Mariners. I can't remember if it was a day game or a night game. But uh, Luke is upset about something that he wants to talk about the next day on TBTL. This is a problem with birthdays for me. I feel like they re- we lose control of our own birthdays, and they become more about making the people around us happy mm-hmm. so that they can celebrate our birthdays the way they want to. We right. also lose control of our bowels. That happened on, on my on my 34th birthday. I thought that was going to happen to me maybe yesterday when I was doing the Pop Fly Challenge at the, at the Mariners game. What is that? Um, that's because we did the broadcast from the game mm-hmm. yesterday, and then... No, no, he means what is losing your bowels. Oh, um... <laughs> I put them somewhere. God, where did I put th- the control of those bowels? <laughs> no, we were going out to – we got to go to center field and catch a couple pop flies. They shoot these baseballs up from the thingamajigs, and, uh, uh, which is, uh, I think, the technical name for them. Yeah, yeah. It's a little thing that's like two wheels spinning. Uh-huh. You know, It's like a pitching machine. You can – anyway, uh, – <laughs> And uh, we were walking out there, and all of a sudden, as we were walking to the tunnel, you go, like, sign some releases, and then you go stand on the field, and then you run out to center field. As we were on our way to do all that, I started to feel a rumbling in my stomach, and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, am I going to shit my pants in the middle of – I mean, it would be 
kind of uh, poetic because I did once shit my pants at a Mariners game <laughs> in the kingdom. So it's like, I just want to know, I want to have had an accident in every stadium that the Mariners play in. The grounds crew is so notoriously <laughs> uptight. Can you imagine if you had just pooed on <laughs> like center field? Where's your YMCA dance now? <laughs> well, the thing is, is like nobody in the audience would have known that that had happened. Only oh. you and was it you, uh, Andrew and Dave all together? I wasn't Andrew was, there, Andrew no. was, Andrew was, he was pooing. In He's the not allowed on the field. <laughs> no, but um, mercifully, it didn't happen. But I just had that moment of thinking, really, bowels? Really? <laughs> but then I got out there to do the catch contest, and uh, I was hacked off because they didn't use real baseballs. They used these little lightweight, um, like, we call them in Little League, we call them rag balls, which are, they're made of fabric. They're not a real baseball. And so when you shoot that up in the air, first of all, it is getting blown around by the wind like crazy. And when it lands in your in your mitt, it bounces out mm-hmm. because it has no um, has no dense density to it, has no no heft to it. And so I dropped the first fly ball. And I know a poor craftsman always blames his tools. But if it was a real baseball, I would have caught it. It went in my mitt, and then it popped out of my mitt because it Because you didn't know until it actually landed in your mitt that it was a rag ball? Well, I'll be totally honest. The lady did say she, – she called them by some trade – some kind of brand name. She goes, they're, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah balls or something, which I didn't really know what that meant. And she said, oh, see, look, at they actually call it rag ball. Yeah, I found some photos of rag balls online. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so she um, – I mean, it was made of. Mine was even raggier than that, though. Mine, the mine was made of fabric. Hmm. Um, yeah, these look like they're made of foam or something. Yeah. So she was like, "It's a little bouncy." So watch. I was like, "Okay," but of course, I didn't realize the extent to which. Mm-hmm. So the first one, it's up in the air, comes down, it goes into my mitt, and then it friggin' pops out, and I look like a foolio. Mm-hmm. And you look like a huge fool because everybody. I'll tell you, I was in the stands yeah, yeah. and everybody was just watching. I know and laughing and just no. I was so frustrated; nobody was paying attention. I was screaming your guys' names. You didn't hear me screaming your name, did you? No. Were you I trying to? So. I was like, I made a fool of myself. I don't do this kind of stuff often, but I was mm-hmm. like, I'm here for one thing, and it's these guys and making yeah. sure they have a good pop and fly. You were, so you were cheering them on. So it's like me eating this hot dog up, uh, <laughs> up like kind of behind where we were broadcasting from, like right over the. Pen in center field, screaming your guys' names when you got out there, um, and people were just looking at me like they didn't even know anything was going on. I, I don't think that people were showing you the respect you deserved out there. Well, they probably knew that we were dealing with rag balls. Yeah, that's probably it. They heard it was a rag ball pop up competition. So they shoot the sec- so they shoot the second rag ball up. Isn't that an Aerosmith song? Rag ball, rag <laughs> yeah. ball, living in a movie. Rag ball, Luke looks like an idiot. Um, you didn't look like an idiot anyway. That's well, I did later when I. So they shoot the second ball up there. I now know we're dealing with a reg ball situation. I catch it somehow. Luckily, it stays in my mitt. And then I do. Um, I don't know what what the hell was going through my mind, but I kind of, I went sort of crazy. I jumped up in the air to celebrate. That would have been fine. But then I ran and did a somersault in yeah. center field. Which, but you kind of <laughs> knew you were going to do something like that. You can't be that surprised. You did by a your somersault. Actions. I did a like a somersault on the field, which wow. I don't know, even know why I did that. How did that go? Well, I mean, at that point, the jeers were totally deserved. Well, I also think that like you were really testing your bowels. As soon as you told me that you <laughs> didn't have best control over your bowels, I was like, but what that about was, the somersault? The, the somersault end, made, really... makes less and less sense <laughs> yes, as, this, exactly. as I reveal more about this. But for real, like not to – not. but I mean, you, I mean, you were even saying on the show, I think, on Thursday, like you – 
you knew that you couldn't just catch the ball and walk off. You had to do something. I mean, you're out there. It's a show. You're a showman. Did you think about doing the Felix, the Felixing? I did think about it, and I forgot to do it. That would have been funny. You know what? I looked at the – while we were standing down at the – like – by home plate waiting to go out on my phone i looked up what felixing actually looks uh, like because i i don't know if i'd ever looked at a picture of him doing it and then i was practicing and then i when i got out there i completely forgot to do my felixing do you see the photo of ben gibbard doing the felixing? yes yeah. i saw that he's doing it on a boat in freaking hawaii oh is that where he's doing it? i thought it was a subway for some reason oh maybe he's doing it everywhere maybe he's doing it on every planet <laughs> or every every continent of every planet i saw a picture of him on a boat in hawaii doing it wow. i'm in a subway uh-huh yeah. I saw him and Jared doing one in the subway. Um, <laughs> no, or, no, in a subway station. In a subway station. Yeah, oh, I thought I you saw. meant like that's a sandwich restaurant. Yeah. No, no. Um, <laughs> and a Quiznos. <laughs> and a Blimpies. <laughs> but here's where I'm going with this whole thing, though. I blame lawyers. What? I blame freaking lawyers. Oh, Because they right. have to use ragball. I'm not done talking about me. No, no, no. Yeah, no you I guys, know why you're blaming okay? lawyers. Because they can't have a real baseball... Because some, they're worried that someone's going to get hit in the face with the real baseball and break their nose and sue the Mariners, even though you sign a goddamn release. But I had to go sign a release to do this. That should release them from using a rag ball, which is going <laughs> to embarrass me. You can still break a, a body part by having a rag ball thrown at your face. I mean, it's mm. coming from a pop fly situation. No. Even though it's not a full-on baseball, I mean, even though... It would be really hard. It's like is almost it, impossible to hurt yourself with it. It's so squishy. It's not like a Nerf ball, though, right? It's, it's, it's. I mean, it has the, it has, yeah, it has the consistency or the heft of a Nerf ball. It's that's the problem, and that's mm-hmm. the whole idea. You, you really couldn't hurt yourself. It could hit you square in the nose. You might sneeze. You could choke on it <laughs> if you were Andrew. If it went down the wrong pipe, right? Yes. He who has two pipes in his throat <laughs> for some reason. But anyway, I'm mad that I'm really upset that they're not using real baseballs. And it was nice of them to let us be on the field, and I really appreciated it. But, um, but, but I mean, Mariners, you guys set me up. You set me up for embarrassment, and I, just, I don't forgive you. This is where you and I are two very different people. Like I honestly, oh, this is where it is. If you know, everything else were exactly the same. <laughs> but if I had had the experience that you had had in center field, I would have just like walked off that field, and I, my story to Jennifer would have been like, I didn't poop my pants. I didn't poop my well, pants. Now, now, I did lead with how I, I did lead with concerns about pooping my pants. <laughs> yes, but, exactly. So, but I mean, we are not that If I felt different. the way you felt, I would have been so nervous. Like, you didn't look like a fool. You dropped one of two balls. You got 500. Like, I mean, maybe I mistake. Maybe 500 you, a day. Maybe 100 <laughs> a day. 500 a week. Maybe you really. Maybe part of your brain, you really did think if you caught the hell out of those balls, <laughs> you might end up with a position on the Mariners. I, d- I wanted to catch both balls because I wanted it to be, I wanted everybody to be like, damn, that guy's athletic. Instead, I, for, the first thing I did that was wrong was they shoot the ball up and you think it's going over your head. So instead of doing the thing where you run backwards, I like just like backed up, mm-hmm. which is like you would never see a real baseball player do that because it's inefficient and you'll probably fall over. Wait, wait, what do you mean? I like started backpedaling really fast, but you're not supposed to. That's not how you go back on a fly ball. You run and you you run and you look over your shoulder. That's the one thing. That's like a real way to do it. But again, the angle on this is varied. It's not like this thing is coming from home plate. It doesn't have the same arc. Right. It was a very different experience. Could you blame the sun being in your eyes? No. Um. No. No. I had on sunglasses. The other thing that's really sad is I have two different Mariner hats, which I tried on both of them the day before. 
because I was like, we're going to the Mariners game. I should be wearing a Mariners hat. And I didn't like how either one of them looked. So then I just said, screw it. I'm not going to have team spirit. And actually, I'm glad about that now that I know they use rag balls. I'm retroactively just as angry as Luke was about the rag balls. <laughs> really? This is this is a big deal? It's a huge deal because <clears> – <throat> and, you know, I understand why they do it. They don't want anyone to get hurt. And, and if someone has not a lot of experience catching fly balls – uh, they can get on you and you know that you you might get hit uh it's a it, i know it looks easy like pop flies look easy but they're not it's a learned skill so people could get hurt however uh if they don't tell you they're using rag balls it is going to pop out of your mitt because a baseball has the weight and heft and heft to close your mitt so all you have to do is have your mitt open when the ball enters and the baseball will close it for you. It'll snap it oh. shut. For you. Uh, a, a rag ball, you've got your mitt open and the rag ball comes down, goes in your mitt and just bounces right out. So unless they tell you, you don't know, because if you're using a rag ball, you need to snatch the ball out of the air, which is a, fine and easy to do if you've played baseball. You, if you, you know, if someone gives, if someone throws you, um, throws you a ball really slowly, you snatch the ball with your mitt. But when it's coming at any rate of speed, like a pop fly or someone throwing the ball directly at you at as, as hard as they can or close to it, you, your mitt is just going to close. So, you know, I, I get it. And that's humiliating, you know, cause he thinks, he thinks of, of himself mm-hmm. as an athlete and he wants to show off mm-hmm. and having a ball pop out of your mitt. I mean, that is really humiliating. Have you used rag balls? I mean, what situations are they um, proper to use them? They, I, I haven't because it's more of a relatively recent thing. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I think we used real baseballs even in T-ball. Hmm. But now they use the softer baseballs up to – and softballs up to a certain age range. And the ball – then it goes to hardball. Yeah, because they want to make sure that the kids are safe and nobody gets hit in the face with the uh, a hard baseball. They didn't care about that back in my day, apparently. <laughs> but uh, and I have a couple scarves. But um, yeah, the the rag balls. It's they're very commonly used, especially in practice, um, just so nobody gets hurt. And if it if it hits you in the nuts and you're not wearing a cup, <laughs> you're, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's not going to be. A devastating blow to your future ability to father children. Well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But then he catches one and does a somersault. See, if, you, if you're trying to make it seem like you can catch fly balls and it's no big deal, uh, you catch the ball and you throw it back in. You don't do a somersault after you catch a fly ball. <laughs> but the show-off demon. Yes. Entirely. <laughs> he's strong. He's strong in that one. The Felix thing, I think I should explain because they talked about he meant to do the Felix thing. Right. Do you know what that is, Anne? I have a vague uh, recollection. But, it's, you know, I don't watch a lot of Mariners games. It's like um, he's in the, in the children's book where the wild things are, when the wild rumpus starts, uh, the monsters, they, they do this um, like – just kind of a dance slash march with their arms straight out and they they stick their legs out in front of them and kick them real high. 
And that's mm-hmm. what Felix does after he does something particularly awesome. Felix Hernandez, the pitcher for the Mariners, after he does something particularly awesome on the field, and it's sort of his signature move. And if you're um, in, if you're on the TVTL Sports, is Sports Care Abouters or whatever the sports <laughs> one is, it's the banner photo on there. It's it's Felix doing it, and then superimposed is one of the monsters from Where the Wild Things Are doing it. So oh. that would have been pretty cool to see. A somersault sounds pretty lame to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds lame. I don't know. Who am I to say? But um, I got a chance to take batting practice on on the field in Safeco one time. And, you know, shagging flies and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And they used real baseballs. <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty nervous making um, when you go out there. When he did, because I think there were actually fans in the stands, like when I was out there. And the only reason I, I got to go is because I managed our, our stadium operations for Papa John's for about five years. And this was the last year that I was doing it. And the four executives that were ahead of me had already gone. And Aww. so they finally <laughs> let me let me do it. And they, they gave me a jersey. The woman I worked with, Ingrid, is so sweet. And she... um she gave me a jersey with my name on the back and it was misspelled. I'd worked with her for five years and Whoops. I had a misspelled jersey that I wore that day and never again. I still have it. Never. Why wouldn't you wear it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I I like the two Zs in my name. It kind of gives my name a little pizzazz. When you knock one out, just it's not the same. Maybe you, you could just take the one Z off and make a couple of little Zs and stick them in. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's a beautiful jersey. It's a it's a game jersey, you know? So oh, what a shame. It's probably worth 150 bucks, but <laughs> I will never wear it. Oh. So something else that's, I guess it's notable in this clip, uh, just because here comes the poop talk. Luke did think he might lose his bowels over his nervousness <laughs> for this pot fly thing. And it got me thinking about um, no matter how much things change, they always stay the same because they were just having this exact conversation last week on the show. Yeah. About about he, when he was in front of the crowd at the Santa mm-hmm. uh, conference or whatever in in Branson. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he makes one of the many, 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 many references that we've had over the years to him crapping his pants at the kingdom when he was about 12, 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. That's another clip show, people. (laughs) Yeah. The poop show. That'll be, that'll be in your, in your iTunes someday, (laughs) but not today. All right. The next clip, um, this is the clip after the last uh, game, which was not – they didn't do any broadcasting from there. They did a little Mixler stuff. Um, but uh, they had Phyllis on because Phyllis had gone to the ball game. Phyllis, I think, at the time was a relatively new 10 and was really getting into it. And she'd gone to the ball game, And then they did a little breakdown. So we can play that clip right now. 
The uh, other reason, Phyllis, that we're excited that you're here today is because you, like uh, uh, about 350 of our other closest friends, were at the TBTL Mariners night last night, which was a real blast, I want to say. Um, that I, for some reason, just shifted into Will Forte in The Last Man on <laughs> It was a real blast. Uh, you're a regular smoke show. That's me talking to January Jones, if I'm Will Forte, in that particular TV show. Um, it was a real blast, and thank you so much to everybody who came out. Um, what was your experience getting, being meted and greeted by the tens of listeners? This was so exciting for me. I think that my son and my husband were entirely confused <laughs> that people were coming up to me and saying, you know, even they, sometimes they wouldn't even ask, are you Phyllis Fletcher? They would just know. And they would just say, Phyllis, I love you on the show. Can I get my picture with you? That is the first time that has happened to me ever in my life. I think my husband kind of knew it was coming. Um, and he was very gracious about it and being introduced after the fact and everything. And, and um, I, But I think my son was kind of like, this is a thing that's never happened before. <laughs> He's only five. so. Um, but everyone was just so nice. And, and to be asked to have my picture taken with someone, it was just really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a. It, it takes your brain a minute to catch up with the reality of that situation because it's it's so flattering and so nice of the of the listeners of the show to want to have it kind of documented in that way, but it's you have to override your basic impulse to say why the hell <laughs> would you ever think I deserve to be in a picture with you? And I you know I, I don't say that to. To, to uh, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to question anyone's judgment, but you have to really stifle that, right? Because I, I mean, Andrew, that you're probably more than anyone else at this table uncomfortable in those kind of situations. Uncomfortable with the idea that somebody would think that you were somebody, right? Oh well, yeah. I mean, for me, it makes more sense though because I kind of have this kind of. I don't know, the kind of traditional rugged handsomeness. Yeah. So people like to just get that on camera, like whether they're in the shot or not. So th- I'm not the perfect example to use here, but it does take some getting used to. Actually, like I know that we, we just said yesterday we don't want to go down a whole whole uh, road of be- um, beating ourselves up over our looks or weight or whatever. But, you know, that was one thing that I just definitely, as we say, released desire on. Like last night, like I knew like, okay, I don't have my beard anymore. That used to hide a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, we're taking some of these photos. We're taking it like staring right into the sun. So I know I'm wincing and like, some of those photos are going off, and I'm like, that one was a bad one. I just knew it, and to, but I just was like, I just was like, that's going to be a reality of it. And this morning, I woke up, and we just had ton, you know, the Stens page just filled with photos of us, and some of them are some of my favorite photos of me. That one of me and you, Phyllis, did you see that one? Yeah, it's fun. I love that photo. That's one of my favorite photos of me. There, there are other ones that are like the worst photo of me I've ever seen in my life. But I was just like, you know what? Though I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road. Like that's it. It's a photo. Of, that's what I look like. It's on Facebook. God bless it. I'm glad. I just had such a good time. I think I really did. Um, hangover uh, aside, I think I was still just kind of um, feeling the, the the goodwill of 350 people this morning. I, um, a couple things. I also released desire before the game in terms of just the fact that there's going to be pictures taken and it's going to happen. I, I am I, I'm very unhappy with how I look in pictures almost all the time. I released desire and then later what I did was when I'd take a picture with someone, I'd be like, check that to make sure it's good, like, for them. But secretly, I was trying to be like, is that okay? Because I will, <laughs> I will get another picture if I have to. to be. So I released Desire, then I recaptured Desire. <laughs> well, I, w- I will admit, because I can't remember who it was, but there's one person who's listening right now who's like, what do you mean you released Desire? You took my phone away from me and deleted a photo. <laughs> okay, I did that once. It's true. That is a, that's a veteran move. <laughs> I, I want to also say that uh, a thing that I found out today actually by way of carry because 
I, I'm, I'm not spending very much time on Facebook. I once again deactivated my Facebook account. More on that in a minute during our top stories segment because clearly we're out of real top stories <laughs> for today's show. Um, but I heard through Carrie that a couple people had said that uh, they were there, but they just didn't quite have the nerve to come up and talk to us or they didn't get a chance. And I, I, I will just say it was so fun. I'm, I'm also sorry that the, the sort of seating was what it was. And by that, I just mean it's a baseball game and we're all in our assigned plastic seats so that it's not an ideal environment for us to go around and talk to everybody. And I, if we didn't get a chance to talk to, to you, I, I'm really, really sorry. I hope you had a fun time. And, um, you know, I hope that we get to hang out at a future TBTL event. It wasn't like a thing where we got together in a big room and we could just, like, you know, you and I could kind of wander around and talk to everybody. That the, the you know what I'm trying to say, that sort of geometry of the thing was a little challenging. So I just hope that everybody had a fun time. And I hope there wasn't anybody who thought, like, oh, Luke is sitting over there. The other weird thing that happened was we sold out the section that they had. Uh, you know, set aside for us. So then they added a new section. And then the new section, as I mentioned on the phone broadcast last night to a cast of hundreds, actually 100 to be exact. I know because I have these data from Mixler. Uh, what I mentioned last night was we were about the only people in the overflow section. So I hope people didn't think that we had had an entire section like freed up for us. Like I have a rider that says <laughs> right. no one can be within 20 rows of me. It was certainly not the goal. And we really wanted to say hi to everybody. So if we didn't get a chance to say hi, I'm sure it will happen very soon. And, and, and I guess I want to sort of say sorry about the awkwardness of that. Well, the weird thing to me was that you were up in like a balcony with only one throne up there, yeah. and you were just you had a, a you were at like kind of a greeting line, and you would give a thumbs up or a thumbs down as to whether or not you wanted to talk to the people. I thought that was I don't know that seemed a little out of touch to me, but I'm kind of I'm more of a people person. I thought it was weird that Carrie had to stand in the line. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I've seen it. This is the way it goes. I love the idea of Phyllis getting mobbed by tens. I know it's so sweet because. She she loves it. I mean, she loves the whole, the community, and she's just nobody's more into it than Phyllis. <laughs> so she's getting back what she gives, and that makes the heart feel good for me. Um, this it was a little heartbreaking though to hear this clip again because uh, the day that day uh, I was taking Bobby back to the airport because Bobby flew in. I was there. Uh, I had a hotel and hotel room in, in lovely Bothell, Washington, um, for a day or a lifetime. Bothell, <laughs> um, and and we we went to Taco Time, and I took Bobby to the airport, and then I went to do a couple more errands before I was going to go back to the hotel, and I think I got a call from Luke, and he said are you coming? And I said, I don't, I, what do you mean? He said, oh, well, I sent you an email. We want to have you and Phyllis on the show today. No. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And, and I hear Andrew in the background saying something like, uh, I told you he's on vacation. Just send him a text. <laughs> oh, Cause no. I hadn't checked my email. Right. And I, and, and I, I could have done it, but when he called me, I was, um, they were, they were going to start in like 15 minutes or something. And I was at least 45 minutes away from Pike place. I was down South somewhere. And oh, yeah, so wah, this wah. kind of broke my heart. Cause, uh, I, I, I wanted to be on the show with Phyllis. 
Screw those. Well, guys. I had no I, I had no idea that I was opening a wound by yeah. choosing this clip. Yeah, it's about the only wound I have in my TVTL <laughs> history. Everything else is is turned up clip clop, but this particular moment of my heart sank. So tell me about the logistics of having people uh, having a meetup at the baseball game because they talked about how it wasn't um, an optimal <sighs> situation. It's kind of terrible because you get there and then you go get your seat. And if you're like, if you're one of the first people that signed up, you're in the first few rows of the section. And, <laughs> you know, like I think I signed up relatively late. So I could see all these tens that I knew and I could, you know, shout out at them. <laughs> but I don't know. It's pretty terrible for meeting people. In fact, I mean, some people just like we're finding ways to bypass it. There was a, a guy there who I'd had some correspondence with. Um, and he was like, well, I want to meet you at the game. And uh, I didn't know what he looked like. And I'm not sure if he knew what I looked like. And he ended up just sending me a Facebook message that says, I'm, I'm at the souvenir stand. <laughs> so I went up <laughs> and, and we sat down in front of the souvenir stand and had a conversation. But it's not like a party where you can just scan the room. And right. And go talk to who you need to talk to. It, it's kind of, it was kind of crazy. And then the guys, you know, they set up shop and, and I didn't, I think I didn't even get a chance to meet Carrie that day. Cause hmm. I mean, Luke was really busy meeting everyone. And, um, I think we just said a quick hi and Andrew and I did too, but we all met up later at Bush Gardens and it was all, all good then. <laughs> Drunk Andy's the best. I have a picture that you <laughs> told me never to share with anyone. And are you going to abide by that? I have so far. I have so far. I, so I'm, we, as long as he's we good can't, to me. We can't use it as the show picture? No. No. Aww. Not this show. Maybe someday after he's really made me mad. <laughs> can't blame a girl for trying. <laughs> but he's on my good list right now. He was beardless, yeah. by the way. Oh, beardless mm -hmm. during that. Yeah, that was, he just shaved like that week before, didn't he? Mm -hmm. A lot mm. of face. <laughs> they did say that a couple of people were too shy to talk to them, which Christy yeah. and I talked about a little bit after the live show. And, and that's too bad. I can see where that comes from because I'm that way myself. And I'm definitely not one of the people that's going to rush in and um, want to take up their time. But uh, it, actually, it makes me think I, I took a speech class in college where that's literally what we did every class period is you ha we had a topic and you had to give a three-minute speech on it and there was no sign up or anything. He would just say go and someone would get up and go do it. And then when they were done, no applause and the next person would just get up and go. And it, there was all this kind of um, unspoken watching of body language. And if it got too close to the end of class and you hadn't gone yet, you started to feel a little desperate. Like, I need to get in there. I need to get in there. And I could see that about people who are really wanting to talk to Luke and Andrew, but are just sort of not able to to get themselves in there. And I say, use some elbows, guys. They're super nice. Go talk to them if you have the chance. Oh, now I remember my contact with those guys that night, I sat down between them and then we did like three minutes of that Mixler thing that nobody ever heard. Oh, I listened to that. Oh, you did? I did. Luke said that he picked it because he thought that it didn't 
you didn't have to um, sign up or register, but you did. <laughs> yeah, I think I tried. And uh, if you were in the stadium, you couldn't do it. They, right. they have some in stadiums have some sort of special scramble <laughs> that that you can't do get anything but oh, like the, ra- the radio broadcast oh, of the game. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes so sense. I, I have no idea what was said. Like if I left and they said, Man, that asshole again. (laughs) And uh, one more thing that I really enjoyed from this clip was at the end where Andrew made the joke that Luke had set up the throne and that people had to stand in line to come and talk to him. And Phyllis made one of the best spoofs in a long time when she said it was kind of um, interesting that Carrie had to stand in the line too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She wasn't much of a character in the TVTL universe at that point. She was pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't know how, how much interaction she did at the game, but she's a true delight. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he couldn't have done better. He's hitting above his weight there for sure. <laughs> yep. So finally, our last clip is actually doesn't take place at a game. It's not a TBTL affiliated game, but this is a story that Andrew told, which is definitely an O Andrew story about when he went to a Dodgers game with some friends and um, not an interaction that he had, but an interaction that Genevieve had with somebody else that had some lasting repercussions for him. You can tune out for this story uh, Luke, I would just never. think about funny, funny uh, show titles. Um, but I was something kind of mortifying. It's not mortifying for a regular person. This is not mortifying at all. But uh, I found it mortifying uh, that happened to me yesterday. So um, went to the ball game yesterday. Went to see the um, Los Angeles Dodgers play the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is not a good way to get this story out in three minutes. Um, and uh, Genevieve won the tickets through work. They were amazing seats. They were um, right along the first baseline. They were kind of very similar to the seats that you and I used to get in Seattle through this through the radio station or through through your buddy there. Like they were about I don't know maybe ten you know ten to fifteen rows back along the first baseline, like right basically right behind the dugout. Really sweet and. Um, it was me, Genevieve, um, our friend Nihar, whom you know, and our friend Angie, who I think you might know. And anyway, I hadn't seen Angie in several weeks. She's been on vacation. Angie and I were sitting next to each other. There was a couple sitting in front of us, and they were season ticket holders. Apparently, their tickets had been in the family for 50 years or something. Uh, nobody was sitting behind us. And Angie and I were kind of talking away the whole time. And even at one point, I even thought to myself, "I'm boy, I'm talking kind of a lot, and these people are right in front of me. You know, I wonder if I'm talking right in their ears, but I don't consider myself a loud talker and I'm trying to, you know, and so in the back of my head, I'm sort of thinking, God, I hope these guys aren't listening to every word I'm saying. This would probably be pretty annoying if they are because we're just kind of chatting the whole time. We're also paying close attention to the baseball game if for no other reason than we don't want to get hit in the head with a baseball. So we're watching every single pitch. It's not like we're being disrespectful to the game, but we're just talking about everything. We're talking about TBTL. We're talking about her work. We're talking about her travel. I probably did most of the talking to be sure. But anyway, 
at a certain point, me and Nihar and Angie all get up to get a beer or a hot dog or something, and we leave Genevieve behind. Um, you know, she's there by herself. And apparently the woman of this couple who's sitting in front of us, who has been turning around and kind of chatting every now and then and has been joking around with Angie a lot because at one point we left Angie behind and they befriended her. Um, but she's, you know, chatting with us every now and then. We leave Genevieve. Genevieve's sitting there, and the woman turns around and says to her, apparently, I'm sitting in seat number eight. She says, boy, bet you number eight talks in his sleep. And Genevieve is completely confused. She doesn't know if this woman knows that she and I are a couple because Genevieve's not sitting next to me, right? And Genevieve's just like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, yeah. Or Genevieve says, yeah, no, he doesn't talk in his sleep. She's like, oh, God, I just – he just never stops. I can't believe he doesn't – he doesn't – he can stop when he goes to sleep or something. In other words, just like apparently Whoa. my prattle the whole time was driving them nuts. So, and then like, and Genevieve told me this and like, it was the seventh inning. They, right as they left, they got up and left because the, they, Oh my God, it was such a bad loss last night. And so they left at like the bottom of the seventh, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the top of the eighth. And Genevieve told me that. And I ju- it just kind of ruined every, it just, I realize a normal per- – like Genevieve even said – she's like, I probably shouldn't tell you this. It will make you mad, but it's funny, and she told me it. And I don't want to be the type of person you can't tell that stuff to. Like I don't want people talking behind my back or keeping secrets. That would be even worse. But I had to fight so damn hard not to let that just like ruin my night. Not even like – and I can't even explain to you why. It wasn't – it was – I kind of had a knee-jerk reaction like, screw them. God, I wish they could come back. It was like season – I'll leave a note and stick it to your damn chair or whatever, like, <laughs> like whatever. And then on the other hand – but that was just like a stupid reaction. I mean the woman wasn't trying to be mean or hurt my feelings, although I don't know why she needed to say that. But it's more of just mortification and I'm just spending the rest of the night like thinking about every goddamn thing I said and how I came off. And we're talking about podcasting and this show and our friends shows all this did i come off as a goddamn blowhard anyway it was just oh. as you can imagine it was just it i found it just mortifying that would first of all we should have started the show with this it's way better than me trying to explain slash further alienate our our listeners of faith but i completely identify with the feelings you're having i would it would eat me up even though you'll never see the people again, even though their opinion doesn't really matter, even though all of those things, somebody else finding me wanting in any kind of way like that is so difficult. You just – if part of me is like knee-jerk not kind of being mad at them, but then it's really like, no, I don't – I don't want to be a person that people complain about, and I especially don't want to be a guy that people think, oh, that's the guy who never shuts up. I have never, ever – ever heard somebody say that about you i've said a lot of other things yeah but never oh walsh he's a motor mouth or you can't get a word in edgewise or um you know it's funny we we've been having all this work done on the house and also we're just calling a lot of people about house stuff and there was just one guy that we were calling and uh He's like a, a pool guy because we've never had a swimming pool. We don't even know how to operate the filter or – we just don't know the first thing about it. So we're like we should need to call someone to have them come out and and just show us the ropes. Anyway, he the first time I talked to him on the phone, it was an hour and 20 minutes. I couldn't get off the <laughs> phone. And I said to Carrie, I was like, yeah, I talked to that pool guy today and she was like, 
oh my God, that guy, you cannot get off the phone with him. I was like, I know. That is not how anyone regards you, Andrew. That is not like, first of all, I wouldn't have wanted you to be half of this show if that was how you were. Um, That's really clear evidence that you're not that way. I would never like, for instance, when next time you go on vacation, I'm not having this pool guy do the. (laughs) Does he talk to you about non pool stuff? I mean, it just goes into life stuff. It's just pool stuff, but it's so like it's and I'm certainly very guilty of this on this show. Personally, it's funny. I'm like overly verbose telling you you're not too verbose, but they're like, yeah, well, comparatively. (laughs) <laughs> compared to somebody who but like but, you're not verbose but if, i'm sorry to cut you off but if you weren't you if you were i thought of you because like if you were at a baseball game like you're if these guys are really big baseball fans you're a really big baseball fan maybe somebody like you would be like come on we're at a goddamn baseball game stop talking about grapes of rad or what the hell you're talking about like watch <laughs> the baseball game um i don't think you should I don't think that you should try to sift through the black box of this experience and find uh, a, a way that you should behave differently. Yeah. I've been to baseball games with you. You're one of my favorite people to go to a baseball <laughs> game with. Seriously, one of the main things I miss about you living in Seattle is us going to Mariners games in the daytime with our you know free you know tickets that we scammed out of the radio station and uh, drinking copious amounts of beer, that's a, such a fun day in my mind. If you had some weird tick of talking too much about non baseball stuff, like again, I would that I would be like, I'm not going to the game with Walsh. I don't think that was you. I have a little bit of a beef with Genevieve on this one. Why did she ever tell him yeah. that this happened? Yeah, I would never tell Emily something like that. Mm-mm. You know, because I don't want her to tell me stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the, the deal, you know. That's that's the relationship thing. Is if you're holding a card that you know can wound somebody, I mean, don't play it. You know, don't play it. Uh, I understand honesty between partners, but. You got to protect Andrew for something like that. He's a fragile little soul. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's worse if it's Andrew than if it's me or you or Emily. He really is Mm -hmm. fragile. And I bet he still thinks about that. I bet he does. So what is etiquette on this when you go to the game? Well... Um, I, I'm a huge sports fan, huge baseball fan. Um, you're, you're not as much, but you are conscious of, you know, you like to go to a game once in a while and you're, I do. And, and it is a social thing as well, right? I mean, you want to be with people. Uh, I pay attention to the game. Okay. I really do. I like being there with people. That's the thing is as long as they're paying attention to the game, I mean, I have no beef with people talking the whole game behind me or whatever. If they're, you know, if if, it, if they're not talking about, how, you know, what kind of assault rifles they're going to buy or how they're going to vote for Trump, <laughs> then I'm good with whatever it is. Because if if they're speaking in normal speaking voices, I mean, that's that's their right. I mean, who am I to say uh, you need to be quiet and and watch this game? I mean, it's it's not like golf. You're not you're not making you're not interrupting the 
players. I mean, you're, you're not distracting the players. So by all means, have whatever conversation you need to. But when you're in seats like they were in, you have to pay attention to the game because you could get hurt real bad hmm. if you don't by a flying ball or bat. Um, I don't know. I've gotten I've gotten mellower as I've gotten older. I used to be like, oh, I can't believe these people paid all this money and they're not <laughs> watching the game like I am, like so intensely, you know. Uh, I I have a soft spot in my heart for you know the the old dude that's keeping score and he's got the, the headphones mm-hmm. with the radio feed. I love that guy. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to be that guy someday, <laughs> but uh, but I I'm not I'm through shaking my fist. At, at people, I mean, it's a the the way they're building these ballparks now. They're building. It's not just a game; it's an experience. I mean, if you go to Safeco Field, you'd be cheating yourself if you didn't get up and go walk around the stadium and see everything there mm-hmm. is to see. It, it back in the Kingdom, you if you could you could walk around the field and all you'd see was concrete and numbers <laughs> and smell you know old hot dogs. Uh, but, but now the ballparks are a lot of fun and there's so much to look at. Even the, even the engineering of Safeco Field, the rolling roof is something that would be interesting to a lot of people. Um, like when, when it starts raining a little bit or actually 20 minutes after the game, they, they roll the roof shut Mm -hmm. and a lot of people stick around like if they had never been there before to see that process. Because it's kind of cool. So, you know, I'm mellowing. Do what you got to do. Just don't get hit. You know, I I'll, I'll sometimes bring a mitt, and that at least will protect two or three dummies behind me if they're <laughs> deep in some bro conversation. And frankly, the games are so long these days. Yes, that mm-hmm. asking someone to be laser focused on what's happening on the field for. <laughs> Three and a half hours is a little bit much. Right. I can't do it. And usually there's, you know, when I go to games, it's either, you know, I don't go alone. So I go with uh, maybe another person who I haven't talked to in a while. So we catch Mm -hmm. up during the game as well. You know, we know what's going on. Like my friend Sam, I would go to a game with him every couple of years. And that's the only time I would see Sam. And, And we would, we would eyes on the game. But we're catching up. He's telling me about his kids. I'm telling him about my shitty career. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and I would think that as long as you're uh, paying attention when the ball is in play, mm-hmm. I mean, if something's happening, you should be good. And um, I, I, we regret the error of saying that there was a streaker at uh, Safeco Field when, when Christy was there. <laughs> Fellow was not a streaker. Just a, uh, just a dummy ran out there and got tackled. <laughs> He was not naked. So, I mean, what what's in it? I mean, we love the guy getting tackled. That's fun. But give the ladies something. The guys like to see a good hit, but the ladies like to see some dangly bits out there. <laughs> Chrissy was just really, really wishing. Yeah, she really wanted it naked. to happen. Yeah, she really <laughs> wanted it, you know. But, yeah, you have to please everyone. Get, you know, come on, dude. Did he need one more beer to take off his pants? Let's get him that beer. <laughs> it's only $11. <laughs> And a bargain at I that. I want to know, was Andrew eating a hot dog during any of these stories? Uh, he he did say on the ragball story, he said that he was eating a hot dog and screaming for them when they were out on the field. Oh, right, right. 
Okay. Good. I'm glad he got a hot dog. Glad he squoze one in there. Oh, that reminds me for an upcoming clip show, Hot Dog Stories. Yes. I have a million <laughs> of them, obviously. All right. Um, housekeeping. Archiving. We're almost there, people. Help Christy out. If you want to archive oh. some... Yes. Yes. Christy wanted us to mention, if we remembered, that last week's TBTL, Andrew contacted her for help from the archives. So it's not just us TBTL nerds who uh, want this thing. This is totally useful uh, for the show as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we will enable them to take so many more days off if they're able to <laughs> curate some shows from the past. They. They'll they'll be like Terry Gross, you know, just celebrity dies. Oh, what day off? Chair spinning. Uh, you can get some stickers at our website. Uh, also, uh, Amazon link. We're gonna keep hammering at this until things start happening because I know y'all are buying Amazon, buying through Amazon. I don't know if a day goes by that we don't get a package here from Amazon. And if if you're like that, and uh, you're you're just going directly to the site. All you need to do is just click our link, bookmark that, do that, and then you're helping us out. We would really, really appreciate it. Um, mm -hmm. And you use Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah, everybody does. I, I doubt there's a person that listens to this who doesn't. So please help us out. We can really use it. Uh, you can get involved with the show. You can get on one of these Friday shows. Um, if you send us a, uh, a nice application at littleredbandwagon.com, just tell us what episode you like and, and why. Be descriptive because a lot mm -hmm. of times when we're looking at these entries, we want to get a sense of your personality or what you could bring to the show as well as the clip. Because a lot of people contribute the same clips, I'll be honest. So if, if you have something you want to say that will set you apart from the crowd, uh, then you'll probably end up getting getting the call the the Pacific Northwest Bell call to the bullpen from us. <laughs> Facebook, we have a page. It's fantastic. There's also a stands page. Uh, Twitter at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, voicemail is 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Um, and that's... Uh, that's it, I think, for today. Thanks for putting together those clips, and thanks for letting me do this one. You're welcome. Thank you for bringing me expertise. I'm a fan, but I don't have that much knowledge. Uh, you, you know more than Bobby, so... <laughs> that's enough. So, until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it. Nailed it. I think we did. Mm hmm I think we done did. Let me stop these recordings so we don't say anything nasty about anybody. Well, we can say it. It just won't be recorded. <laughs> Never on tape.